1: Year. I think I'm gonna put this bottle down. I guess as time goes on, I'll grow to miss it less than I will now. And I think I'm gonna tell her that I'm gonna
2: It's 11 a.m. on a football Friday in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. It is time once again for Southern Fried Sports on your home for University of Alabama Athletics, Tide 100.9 FM. Travis Ryder, your trustee, if not talented host of the program, fresh from BamaOnline.com, whereas I serve, as the senior analyst for the Alabama-affiliated website there on the 247sports.com network. The show, has always, brought to you by... Peter Brook Chocolatier out there, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hills section of Tuscaloosa. And with so much sports, so much sports, maybe a historic level of sports on the cable television for the upcoming weekend. It is officially snacks season. And if you're trying to get yourself set up for a big sports weekend weekend, and said, Snacks, you need to get by Peter Brook Chocolates here. They've got that center console area. It's sort of a, gosh, it's a carousel is what it is. You know, it's almost to me at 51 what, you know, a, an old school carousel is to a, a young child. You know, when I walk in the door there at Peter Brook and I see that, that, uh, that carousel there with all the different loose chocolate goodies that you can choose from, the bins full of chocolate items like dark chocolate almonds, like dark chocolate cranberries, like dark chocolate coconut almonds, you name it, dark chocolate malt balls, milk chocolate items. It's all right there for you at Peterbrook Chocolates here. Snack season officially underway out there at the store. Joined, as always, on the program by executive producer Joe Gaither, who together we combine to form the 60-minute beer. Woo! of Sports Talk Radio. What about it, Joe? Now, Joe Gaither's got the troops ready to deploy for the high school football coverage for Tide 100.9. And by the way, if you haven't already, you definitely need to be tuned in to the Twitter account this evening, really all the time, at, at Tide 109. What about it, Joe? You got the the guys and gals. Are they ready for another Another big Friday night of high school football.
1: Yeah, they're going to battle tonight to uh, six different locations. We're really excited. I think I might need to get by Peterbrook for those chocolate covered espresso beans to keep everybody oh. juiced up and, uh, and, je- and ready to go. We're going to Northside and Haleyville. We're going to Brookwood and uh, Hillcrest. We're going to uh, Northridge and Bryant. Oh, gosh, yeah, but they're playing at Bryant. I don't think they beat Bryant in quite some time. We're going to Hale County and Montgomery Academy. We're going to uh, Valiant Cross in Tuscaloosa Academy. And, oh, there's a six. There's a six. Ah, yes, thank you. Demopolis and Central tonight. I
2: can tell you when Northridge did beat Bryant, and that's when the daughter, Savannah Ryer, was your kicker for the Northridge Jaguars. That may have been the last time. Or Jags uh, won that crosstown rivalry matchup with the Stampede of Bryant High School. So, yeah, that's a very nice lineup tonight. Look forward to that coverage. Again, need to be tuned in to Twitter and also the coverage we're going to have right here on the radio station this evening. Joe, uh, Captain Murray, you've got the the guys from six to nine, I guess. Uh, once again, we're locked and loaded for a full Friday night.
1: Yep, it'll be Kerry Clark and Jacob Harrison from 6 to 9, kind of talking about all the games and keeping you updated as they go. And as you mentioned, Captain Ray will do his last call from 10 to 11, and we'll have full game recap stories on Tide109.com and on the Tide109 app.
2: Beautiful. Great, great stuff. And, man, just so much sports like I talked about earlier. College football. You had a couple of games last night. We talked about that yesterday, Conference USA and the Sun Belt primarily helping us out on a Thursday. Since the Big Ten couldn't get it off the ground. You know, It was supposed to have that Ohio State-Illinois lid lifter in the Big Ten last night. didn't happen. Uh, but thanks to UAB and UCA, Central Arkansas, that was an entertaining game over in the ham. 45-35, the Blazers win. But you know what? that's not a bad five or six days for the bears of central Arkansas in the state of Alabama last Saturday night, get a win in a nationally televised game against Austin P and then nice representation against a really solid UAB team uh, last night over at Legion field, come up a little bit short. The Blazers get their first one of the season. Now UAB will next get the hurricanes of Miami next week. So that'll be interesting. And then, had a bit of an upset down in Hattiesburg last night. You know, watching that South Alabama-Southern Miss game last night on CBS Sports Network, it looked like a role reversal of programs. You know, you kind of have gotten used to throughout the years, especially in the Jeff Bauer era, even before that with Curly Hallman. You know, USM was physically going to stress you, whether you were a South Alabama or even – a Southeastern Conference opponent. Now, there was a time when I'm not going to say Southern Miss was exactly on that level with the SEC, certainly not the top half maybe always at the SEC, but they were damn sure a first cousin. You know, If they weren't brethren, they were right there. I mean, when you saw Southern Miss on the schedule, especially back in the sort of 80s and even into the 90s, you had Brett Favre there. Uh, in the late 80s into the early 90, 90 90-ish, you knew that was going to be a challenge, even into the aughts of the most recent, the current century. You know, everybody talks about that Tyrone Prothrow catch. What was that, the 2000, that was a 2004 game, I believe, or maybe it was 2005, it was one of those. Of course, it was the, the hellacious catch by Tyrone Prothrow, But, uh, you know, that was a game Alabama had all it wanted in. Alabama was down when pro throw (laughs) made that catch against Southern Miss and helped spur the tide to sort of come back there and uh, get the W. But um, that wasn't the Southern Miss we saw last night. Kind of surprised that, uh, you know, South Alabama hit the big plays, okay? You know, Desmond Trotter throws for nearly 300 yards and a couple of touchdowns. You had the wide receiver for South Alabama last night, Jalen Tolbert, with six grabs for 169. So, yes, explosive plays were a big part of it. I was just surprised that South Alabama on both sides of the ball was able to sort of push USM around like that. But a nice win for South Al, its first road win since 2017. How about that? 205-342-9904. That is the Peterbrook Chocolates here studio line. If you'd like to jump on board with us on this Friday, we would love to hear from you. We've got Charlie Potter coming up here in about 10 or 12 minutes or so. We're going to talk some Alabama football with Charlie Potter. The Crimson Tide practiced once again yesterday. This time in shoulder pads and helmets inside the Hank Crisp Indoor facility, you know, we continue to sort of pour through those photos and videos that are made available to us by UA. You continue to see some different combinations in that offensive line. You see some Landon Dickerson at center. Uh, you see some different combinations at guard as a result of that. Maybe some Emil Echior in there from time to time. Certainly Deontay Brown. The two constants, you know. For the interior of this offensive line, whether it's both at guard, whether it's one at center or the other at guard, Landon Dickerson and Deontay Brown. You're talking about 675 pounds of redshirt seniors who will move your butt out of the way. So whether it's those two guys as your guards, whether, again, it's one as the center, one as a guard, you know those two guys are going to be in that mix, which you're still searching for and still trying to work through. And some of it could be related to COVID-19 protocols that you're dealing with. Some you could have some guys that are dinged up a little bit. You're continuing to see different combinations worked there. And so Chris Owens, if he's available, you still consider him very much a possibility at the center position. And if it plays out that way, then you've got three fifth-year seniors from guard to guard with Leander Dickerson and Deontay Brown. But maybe maybe it ends up being Emile Echior that's in that combination somewhere. You know, Maybe Pierce Quick as a second-year player makes a move. Maybe Darian Dahlcourt at some point is ready to be your center. So uh, still some intrigue there for that one spot on the Alabama offensive line. So we'll talk with Charlie about that. and Some other issues related to this Alabama football team. Um, you've got, I mean, you've got pro golf going on. You've got the tour championship over in Atlanta, Justin Thomas, the two, 2012 Haskins award winner at Alabama enters that event in third position in the FedEx cup playoffs, which means how they're staggering the start from one through 30, essentially, is that Dustin Johnson, as the number one player right now in the FedEx Cup standings, he'll start today's play at 10 under par. Then you'll have John Rahm in the second position coming off that win in the Chicago area last weekend. He'll be at eight under par. Then you'll have Justin Thomas in the third position at seven under par. So Justin Thomas, to win the FedEx Cup for the season, he's got a little ground to make up. But you know what? Rory McIlroy did it last year. I think Rory McIlroy went into last year's Tour Championship in fifth position. So somewhere around five under uh, and off that lead there and still made it up and took that $15 million bonus that comes with being the FedEx Cup champ. So we'll have our eyes to the Atlanta area where pro golf is concerned. You know, you consider to continue to have these storylines related to college football. What about that sort of three or four hour window we had yesterday with the Big Ten again in myocarditis? You had this sort of, who knows in terms of credibility, what exactly that was that really got a big push by some national outlets and some national. Uh, writers and voices yesterday afternoon. We had a myocarditis flare up on the social media. And then after about three or four hours of it running exceptionally hot and you're starting to think, oh, here we go again. You know, myocarditis in the big Ten, that sort of momentum that we had been hearing about in recent days about the big Ten, perhaps, Maybe as early as October the 10th, trying to get a season going, this would once again quell that, maybe extinguish it. And then we get word that the source of that information originally comes out with an apology. Oh, my bad. You know, I kind of was just passing along something I heard about one out of three people um, encountering myocarditis on the heels of COVID-19. (laughs) Wow. Wow. It just doesn't seem to end with the Big Ten. And then we hear from the, big, from the Pac-12 yesterday, well, look, we've had this testing breakthrough now with this rapid response testing, and this was what we were waiting on when we decided as Fredo to the Big Ten's Michael Corleone to follow in the footsteps of the Big Ten in postponing the season for this fall. Now we've got this rapid response testing and that's what we were again that's what we were sort of referencing but they didn't reference it. You know when the Pac12 decided to postpone its season and that's fine. There was no, I don't remember any mention. Do you remember any mention of well look, our issue is we don't have a testing procedure like a rapid response on the horizon. Know, that we can kind of point to and say this could be a turning point in us being able to at some point play this fall. I never heard that from Larry Scott in the Pac 12, but now now that that's going to be the case moving forward, oh, this is what we were waiting on all along. Boy, there's you need a shovel and some boots for some of the manure, right? That's getting shoveled around these days. 205 342 9904 is the Peterbrook Chocolatier Studio line. Hey, um, some NFL news. A lot of Alabama-related NFL news yesterday, right? You had a great new extension for former Alabama center, Ryan Kelly. Ryan Kelly got paid, man. You know, the thing about Ryan Kelly is when Ryan Kelly came out in that, what was it, the 2016 NFL draft because – He was the center for that 2015 national championship team. So I think it was. Yeah. 2016 NFL draft. If it wasn't for Ryan Kelly going in the first round of that draft to the Indianapolis Colts, we wouldn't still be talking about this. What? 11 year, 12 year run of first round picks for the Alabama Crimson Tide. Ryan Kelly kept that thing going, going strong there in 2016. So Good to see Ryan Kelly get paid. Ha um, haha, Clinton Dix cut by the Dallas Cowboys yesterday. There had been some rumblings coming from Dallas that perhaps Ha ha hadn't exactly impressed to this point in his tenure with the Cowboys. So haha released by the Dallas Cowboys. Ronnie Harrison. We're gonna ask Pops about this coming up a little bit later in the show. And I've got some intel on some of this Jag stuff. Ronnie Harrison yesterday traded to the Cleveland Browns for a fifth-round pick. Um, You know, there is a lot of talk, and I I get it, man. If you're just sort of looking at the Jags from the outside right now and you see Ngakwe traded to the Vikings and you see Leonard Fournette released and you now see Ronnie Harrison traded to the Cleveland Browns. I mean, it looks like just an all-out fire sale. And I think when you look at Colias Campbell uh, in the offseason moving on, that's really the one that hurts this team for the immediate future. Yes, you would love to have another edge pass rusher like Jan Ngakwe. But that had reached a point of total toxicity between him and the franchise. I mean, you saw that play out on social media. Ngakwe and Tony Khan, the son of owner Shad Khan, getting after it on Twitter. That kind of told you where that relationship was headed. And plus, Jan just got some absolutely catastrophic advice from his representation. You know, if Ngakwe would have taken the money that the Jags had offered him now 18 months ago or so, he would have... With this season included, he would have made forty million dollars over these last over last season and this season. Instead, he's going to go to the Vikings now and play for less money and essentially make somewhere in the neighborhood of $15 million for these two seasons. So based on largely the advice of his then representation, give Jan credit. He has since made a change in that regard. and Ngakwe over the 2019 and 2020 seasons is going to rough somewhere in the neighborhood of 25 million. He's going to have left on the table. So that was, that was just not a good situation all the way around. Look, the Jacks couldn't get anything for Leonard Fournette. Nothing. Couldn't get a seventh round pick for the guy. Now he signed with the Bucks, and I'm sure with Tom Brady, And Bruce Arians, now we'll see Leonard Fournette at least get somewhere close to his potential, reach somewhere close to his potential. Bottom line is, Leonard Fournette, not a great teammate, not a great guy in the locker room. There had been sort of this growing concern down there in Jacksonville with Ronnie Harrison in that regard. In fact, the Jags were thrilled actually, to get a fifth-round pick for Ronnie Harrison yesterday because the reality of that situation is the Jags were in the process of moving on from Harrison, and there was a good chance he was not going to be the starter at one of the safety spots this season for the Jags. And based on some of the interaction that the club had had with Ronnie during his time so far to that point in Jacksonville, it wasn't expected to be one of harmony moving forward because you demote a guy from a positional standpoint and then you're going to go ask him to play all the special teams. That that, that probably wasn't going to be a, a pretty, pretty sort of uh, outlook there for either the club or Ronnie. So look, hopefully for Ronnie, he goes to Cleveland, new start has the opportunity to start and is able to have the kind of season he needs to have to maximize that second deal because that's where we're getting to now with Ronnie Harrison. You know, he needs to take advantage of this next deal as a third round pick coming out of Alabama. This is the contract for Ronnie Harris. And hopefully that works out for him. I think again, it was a win-win for the Jags and for Ronnie Harrison yesterday. We're going to step aside to our first break. When we come back, Charlie Potter of BamaOnline.com will get Bama specific with Chuck when Southern Fried Sports presented by Peter Brook Chocolatier returns on side 100.9 FM right after this.
0: Partly to mostly sunny this afternoon. Just a very small chance of a shower through the evening hours. Most places will stay dry. The high today, 92. Tonight's low, 70. Tomorrow, a good supply of sunshine to start the Labor Day weekend with a high at 89. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. Tide 100.9. For more coverage of Alabama football, visit us at Tide100.9.com or download the free Tide 100.9 app. The Crimson Tide.
2: Southern fried Sports right here on Tide 100.9 FM. Travis Reyers, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com with you each and every weekday morning from 11 a.m. until noon. It's that time on Friday when we like to head to the Peterbrook Brook with your studio line. Check in with Charlie Potter. Does an outstanding job covering the Alabama Crimson Tide for us there at BamaOnline.com. Charlie, we've got this convergence of all these different sports going on this weekend. Uh, How are you handling the sort of sensory overload? How are you prioritizing? Obviously, it starts with Alabama football right now. But when you have a chance, what what attracts your interest? I mean, we even have the Kentucky Derby this weekend, Charlie. You going to have a mint julep or what?
3: (laughs) I don't know about that. I don't don't really love mint juleps, but it is... (laughs) it is pretty overwhelming uh, given what the whole summer has consisted of or the lack thereof, I guess I should say. But I mean, college football, I mean, that's, that's what we've all really been waiting on. Uh, I know they're not just huge matchups, but I, I think that's exciting. I mean, we were be, you know, driving to to Dallas today, you know, to get ready for yeah. the USC game if the SEC hadn't changed its schedule, but you know, to see games back. I know there was a couple on last night. Um, you know, that's exciting but um, it'll be, you know, from an Alabama perspective, it'll be a pretty quiet weekend. There's no scrimmage. Uh, They're going to have practice tomorrow. It's going to be, you know, some game-like situations, but it's not going to be at Bryant-Denny with uh, what we saw last weekend, um, given the the spaced-out schedule. Um, You know, know, that's kind of, you get some breaks here and there. Uh, We've had three days of back-to-back days of practice and availability, so it seemed kind of normal. And, you know, just talking about, there being college football games on the schedule and seeing all these sports back, it it does feel like things are getting a little bit back to normal. I know there's still ways to go, but it, it's pretty good to see. Not a mint julep guy, huh?
4: No, I mean, you know, I mean,
3: I I, I love an adult beverage as much as the next person, but I'm I'm pretty <laughs> simple. Uh, give me a cold beer, and I'm a happy man.
2: You know, I'm not mint julep guy either, and I thought I would be. I'm not an old fashioned guy either. You know, and I'm a big proponent of the bourbon. Okay, so that that's not the thing there. It's just I'm, I'm with you. I don't. I guess I don't require much uh, specialty when it when it comes to my <laughs> to my mixed drinks. Just uh, the basics typically seem to do just fine. And you talked about it with this Alabama team and sort of how the format is. And we heard from Nick Saban on Wednesday after practice. Uh, pretty interesting, I guess that essentially Alabama. In terms of how it's approaching practice now, and even how it's approaching Saturdays, uh, in some ways, Charlie, already in game week mode from that perspective.
3: Yeah, I mean, um, you, you look at how the schedule's shaping up, and you can tell it's kind of shifting a little bit. I mean, he's talked all along that this isn't uh, really fall camp because it's unlike any fall camp that we've seen before, and so you know, I think they're going to do you know a walkthrough today. Uh, then they have practice tomorrow, and they had, like we said, three consecutive practices the past three days. So it, it's starting to take that shape a little bit. Obviously, they don't have a game Saturday. They don't have a game for three more weeks, but uh, I think they're trying to get you know, guys more conditioned to uh, a structured schedule because it has kind of been not really all over the place. I mean, it's as structured and as organized as it can be over there off Bryant Drive, but you know, the, the given circumstances is the pandemic have made things unique to, to what we know is the normal so um, with this week and then you know moving into next week it's it starting to look more like what we're used to seeing uh, and, and I think that you know they're, they're getting more and more uh, close to, to that game week um, you know structure that we're you know accustomed to seeing and you know it, it is strange that you're sitting here you had a scrimmage last week and there's not one this week but again the the luxury of this you know, lengthened preseason is you can space things out and, and get guys some rest, and uh, I think that, you know, that, that's a welcome side given, uh, you know, what's going on at the moment, and, uh, you know, it, it's it starting to just, like I've we, been talking about this whole time, it's it starting to look more and more like what we're
2: used to seeing. Yeah. So, Charlie, coming out of that scrimmage, that first scrimmage of 2020, forget about the preseason, but just the calendar year in general. If there was an area of this Alabama team where, w- from what you could gather and, and what we could gather at bamaonline.com dot where you know Alabama maybe had the most sort of gaps to try to fill in going into that scrimmage and coming out of it, you know, how did it go about addressing said gaps and maybe answering some questions at a specific area of? Of particular importance, and maybe where they've they've got some of their biggest needs.
3: Yeah, I think for me, it's the secondary. Um, you know, everyone knows that they have to replace so much uh, in that area. You, you look at the nickel secondary, and the only guy returning is uh, Patrick Sertan, and so uh, you have a lot of spaces to fill there. That you know, there's some guys I think people could pencil in and, and guess that would be stepping into bigger roles. Guys like Josh Jobe, at the, the, the other corner spot. I think Pete Golden really uh, feels comfortable with those two guys on the boundary. And then at safety, I think they feel really good about three players and Jordan Battle and Daniel Ryder, the the guys that have been most consistent up there with the ones. I think, you know, DeMarco Helms is, you know, that third guy and can fill that money role. And if he needs to, I think he can fill one of those two safety spots. So it it was probably the one with the biggest question marks, but uh, it's starting to take shape, I think. And then, Really, when you you heard from Nick Saban and Pete Golden the the first week of the preseason, the the one area that sounded like there was a lot of competition was the star position, and um, you know it sounds like a guy like Brian Branch, a true freshman, has really uh, made a name for himself there in his first handful of practices in the Alabama uniform. I know Jalen Armour Davis is a uh, you know, more experienced player just in terms of years of the program, and I think he's in the mix there as well. But um, you know Nick Saban was was you know sure to mention. Branch and, and another freshman, Malachi Moore, has a couple of options there at the start position. So I think that's one, you know, that Branch is starting to maybe separate himself for, but I think that's another one to to continue to watch. But just, you know, the secondary just has to so be spots to fill. And I think for me, uh, after that first scrimmage is still moving forward is one of the more interesting position groups to and battles to, to follow here moving
2: forward. No Bryce Young in the scrimmage last Saturday. He's back on the practice field this week. Um, as we look ahead and knowing that we're, gosh, what are we, four Saturdays away from the season opener at Missouri, what do you sort of envision as a realistic positioning of Bryce Young uh, as we move forward and, and consider the time that's still left and you know, what he might be able to do in terms of presenting his case for at least a, a role? of significance even if it isn't the starter one in which he's part of the game plan on a weekly basis
3: yeah i mean not playing in that scrimmage hurts um everyone knows there's no spring practice and and that affects the guys that enrolled early more than anyone else because that's why they they got on campus in january is to go through those 15 practices and not getting able to uh, do that is you know it, it sucks for those guys it's a real bummer but um you know, now I think they've, with the Zoom calls they did in the off season, I think that they're, they're learning and they're learning quickly. And a guy like Bryce, he's been commended for the way that he's been able to pick up the offense. And then, you know, you, you you take another step back by not being able to be on the practice field and not be able to go to the scrimmage. But you know, he was back Monday. Uh, he was at the the march uh, to to Foster Auditorium, and he was back on the field. Uh, these last three days and it sounds like he jumped right back to where he was before um, you know his absence from the practice field and that he was taking a lot of reps with the twos and so it sounds like he hasn't skipped a beat and that's good because like I said not being able to go in that first scrimmage um, you know that's that's not ideal because I think they want to get him as much experience as they can whether it's You know, from a practice standpoint, when the games come around, you know, they they always want to get the the next guy ready. And I think that we're going to see that number two quarterback play, um, you know, a, a lot just because you don't know what's going to happen and you're going to have to get him ready. So I think this second scrimmage, I'll be fascinated to see really what happens. Uh, there, I mean, it's no easy task for guys like Bryce Young and, and Paul Tyson to go against that first team defense because it sounds like the defense is a little heavy offense, which is a good you know place to be for Alabama with how much they have to replace there. But uh, just getting that experience is going to be beneficial for him. So I'm I'm really intrigued to see what happens next week when that second scrimmage rolls around.
2: We talked about it earlier in the program that there are some some contributing factors, I guess, to still some of the shuffling that apparently is taking place with the interior of that offensive line. End of the day, though, it sounds like you know, Alabama is going to have some, some really good options from which to choose. I mean, we know two of them in Landon Dickerson and Deontay Brown, but sort of describe the current state of affairs there from guard to guard for this offensive line because uh, obviously that one spot is, has been – spotlighted a good bit.
3: Yeah, that's, for me, uh, at the center position, <laughs> it's it's like you look at the practice photos and stuff, and you can't really gain a lot from it because they they're moving guys around, and that's to be expected. I mean, you mentioned they have options, and they have, I think, three options they feel really good about, and that's not even including Landon Dickerson moving to center uh, or moving back to center where he's been playing at guard. Uh, I think that Chris Owens has maybe been dealing with a little bit of a minor injury this week. You know, you, you look at the practice footage from yesterday when they were indoors. I think he was on a, uh, a stationary bike, and I know Alabama posted some photos from practice on their Instagram account, and it looked like Landon Dickerson was just snapping the football to um, to Mac Jones. And then you, you got to you know also take into account. I mean, we're in a, a time where guys are going to have to miss practice for your non-injury related release uh, reasons, and so it, the depth is is crucial. And I think having those options. Is beneficial for Alabama, but it, when everybody's out on the field and able to be able to go through practice, it looks like from from left guard to right guard, it's been Deontay Brown, Chris Owens, and um, Landon Dickerson. So if, if those guys are ready to go, they're healthy. I think that's who we'll see on the field. Um, you know, it, it, it'll be interesting to see what happens from you know from there because Darian Dalcourt's is a guy I think they're really high on at the center position, and Millieck York can play center and guard. You know, if you want to, you can put Dickerson back at center and put Emil at, um, at guard. So it's just, <laughs> it's, it's a luxury for Al to have, because right now you're in a situation where, you know, guys might be missing practices for various reasons, but they can just plug in the next best player because they have so much uh, experience and talent there at those interior positions.
2: Yeah. I would say depth at tackle right now, probably uh, a bigger concern than uh, the interior because, uh, not just a lot of talent there, but you got some guys that have played some football. Maybe not so much at guard, maybe as much as kind of you know, tight ends and uh, offensive linemen and tight end clothing. But uh, let me ask you this, Charlie, as we let you out of here on a Friday edition of Southern Fried Sports. Um, could you almost hear the collective roar of the Alabama fan base once uh, apparently? Will Riker did some good things in last Saturday's scrimmage, kicking the football?
3: Yeah, I don't know what they were happier about, that there weren't any injuries. Or that it sounds like Will Riker <laughs> hit a couple of 50-yard full goals. Um, that was something, you know, looking at some of the things that were posted on the board and some of the things that we shared, um, that, that got a lot of reaction. And, and that's good because we've really highlighted a lot of the guys that are coming back from injury. Ah, uh, we've talked to Dylan Moses and Josh McMillan and Le'Bron Ray and DJ Dale, and they're all healthy. They're all able to go through these practices, and that's great to see because they missed a lot of football last year. I don't know when it will be that we hear from Will Reichard, given that he's a sophomore now, and um, you know they they're pretty you know they they take their time with those guys. But you know, to hear that he's doing well, I think has Alabama fans excited. I, I know it's cautious optimism because of you know, the things they've experienced in the past, and. Uh, just how many players we saw kick a football last year. But, no, I mean, that first scrimmage, um, you know, to to come away with no injuries, to see if the defense is playing well, and to also hear that uh, your field goal kicker was consistent and was able to kick some long field goals, uh, I think they left that one pretty excited.
2: Well, there you go, Charlie Potter, as always, with the goods here on Southern Fried Sports, and certainly the goods and then some, at BamaOnline.com. Hey, have a good holiday weekend, Charlie.
3: All right, man, you too. Thanks for having me.
2: There he goes, Charlie Potter. If you haven't already, give him a follow on the Twitter, at Charlie underscore Potter, P-O-T-T-E-R. Back with more of a Friday edition of the program right here on Side 100.9 FM right after this. guitar right there for Soundgarden. Kim Thiel, how about Soundgarden coming through here a couple of years ago at the Tuscaloosa Amp? Remember that, kids, when we had concerts and everything? Ah, yes, thems were the good old days. couple of things when I was a student at the University of Alabama that I never would have envisioned for the city of Tuscaloosa down the road. And probably I should have because, look, there have been musical acts of note that have passed through this town when it was just in terms of a club town. A Dave Matthews band, prime example of that. But still, Soundgarden in Tuscaloosa, even in 92 when I was a student and the grunge movement, was really starting to find its legs with Nirvana, Pearl Jam, Temple of the Dog. You remember that one, right? Screaming Trees were really underrated in that genre of grunge. Even as a student in 92, when all that was really starting to take off, I never, never would have envisioned Soundgarden right here in Tuscaloosa. It happened. Happened a couple of years ago, sadly, as we know, Chris Cornell, lead singer. I think it was 10 days later after the Tuscaloosa show. Uh, we lost Chris Cornell up in Detroit less than two weeks after that show here. 205-342-9904 on a happier note. We got a lot of football to get into for the upcoming weekend. As we talked about earlier in the program, big Friday night under those High school lights here both locally and throughout the state. Look forward to that. Hey, speaking of which, you got a couple of highly regarded Alabama commitments for the 2021 cycle set to play on ESPNU tonight. That's right, IMG. IMG cranking it up. And IMG home to a couple of five stars that are – part of this 2021 haul for the Alabama Crimson Tide offensive tackle J.C. Latham and five-star wide receiver Ja'Cory Brooks going to be on display tonight. That's a seven-central kickoff. IMG takes on Venice on ESPNU, so you're going to want to catch that. Latham ranked as the number three offensive tackle and number seven overall player in the country, according to the Industry-generated, 24-7 sports composite rankings. And then, of course, Brooks transferring in from the Miami area, six three, one 185 pounds, number one, excuse me, number two wide receiver, and the number 29 overall player in the country, according to the 24-7 sports composite rankings, also from their recruiting perspective. William Parker, an offensive tackle, a four-star from the Nashville area, Set to make his verbal commitment coming up at the top of the hour. It looks like it's going to be Tennessee for William Parker. We'll see. But uh, you know Alabama still in that uh, Amarius Mim sweepstakes, the five-star offensive tackle from the state of Georgia. Heading to a break. We come back. Pops on a Friday, Southern Fried Sports, presented by Peterbrook Chocolatier right after this. Partly to mostly sunny this afternoon, just a very small
0: chance of a shower through the evening hours. Most places will stay dry. The high today, 92. Tonight's low, 70. Tomorrow, a good supply of sunshine to start the Labor Day weekend with a high at 89. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. The flagship station for Alabama Crimson Tide football. Alabama touchdown. Only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app.
2: Sports right here on side 100.9 FM. The show brought to you in part by Houston Hyderstein, 205-553-9460. Give Jackie and his crew a call. They're going to take care of your rugs, your carpet, your upholstery, your tile, and grout cleaning. It's Houston Hyderstein, home to the Houston Rug Revival, a very real thing as I can attest to, 205-553-9460, dependability, great service. You're going to get it all. With Houston Steam, quality work you can stand on. Let's head to the Peterbrook Chocolatier Studio line right now. Check in with Pops. Pops likes his floors clean, don't you, Pops? You like a yes, good clean sir. floor, don't you?
4: I, I, yeah. I, I take pride in them floors.
2: <laughs> Always have. If you were up here, you would definitely use Houston Hydrosteam. I can promise you that. Oh, I,
4: I, I, I'd like to get her down here. <laughs>
2: yeah. Cause I'd use yeah locklear them. locklear locklear really approves of them so you, oh, yeah. would, you would probably
4: i'll yeah. well, I, I tell you it, it's nice when you know somebody that you got a confidence in you, you they come in and take care of the the problem for you and and, and, and it's right at a reasonable
2: dependability right. and they answer the phone when you call you know yeah. that's always a good thing yeah
4: too. you can't beat it
2: hey pops um Tom Seaver passed away here. Yeah. in the last couple of days, that at the did, age that of seventy-five. Tore me up now, when I saw that. Tom I, Seaver I, I in nineteen sixty-six pops. He was a Jacksonville son down there. Did you did you see Tom Seaver yes, Jacksonville in
4: Jacksonville in sixty-six? He his he and his his wife were married here in in Arlington okay. out there. At, at, at the church in huh. uh, Holy Redeemer out there the, uh, in Arlington. I mean, I, how about I, that? And I wasn't aware he was even ill, you know.
2: Yeah, the dementia pops.
4: Oh man, that dementia! I'm, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. I worry about that myself because I can't remember anything anymore.
2: Yeah, you got CRS. Yeah, yeah. Can't remember stuff. Yeah, can't I remember.
4: hear you. I'm telling you, but things mm-hmm. are jumping down here. I tell you. He, what about uh, Jack? Jagu- I'm is hoping we have 22 them? players left by the time Marone gets through, you know? <laughs> uh, Doug is getting rid
2: of them, pops. I mean, did, uh,
4: I told Chris the other day, I said, oh, uh, Marone, I don't think he likes O. Fournette very <laughs> much, you know, things he says, you know? And Chris uh-huh. says, uh, Dad, you're not going to believe he called me in the office and wanted to know who I thought the best running back was. Just wanted my opinion. Uh-huh. He said, "I told him 38." And Marone goes, "That's exactly who I think too." Next morning, Marone runs into Chris in the hallway there before the meeting. Says, uh, "27's gone." Chris said, Do "Wow." I? He said, "We released him this morning." I said, Bad the road was on a mission."
2: Yeah, it's scary that he's listening to my younger brother. You know, and yeah, I know input from him he, on he, roster he, moves,
4: valuing his opinion. You're getting you
2: know? a little inside baseball here on the program. Yeah, yeah. yeah. the and, younger uh, brother is a uh, is a video works in video yeah. and in other aspects of the the organization yeah. down there. He, he,
4: uh he it, it's amazing, and uh, but they got these young kids in down here. It's got them excited. Just uh, like with yeah. Harrison, releasing Harrison, trading Harrison. Uh, they got the, uh, some corners that can that are really impressing them.
2: Safeties, yeah,
4: yeah, and they got uh, this kid uh, from Georgia Tech. here, Cottrell that they're mm-hmm. really excited about at running back, and the, the James Robinson, 30, yeah. thirty-eight, is a kid named Robinson. Right, he's a, div- a Division Two uh, player, and they uh-huh. think he can do it.
2: Uh, well and chris thompson chris thompson had played for jay gruden yeah in washington so that makes yeah. some sense at running back too you know yeah florida well, state well, seminole says
4: thompson will probably be starting but he you know yeah. he, he but if things work out like they're they just don't want to throw robinson in the fire you know right right
0: mm-hmm.
4: he's gonna get some mm-hmm. carries but not like a starter but uh but i mean it's they're building up a, a draft for next year but uh, Marone says he may not be here if things don't work out
2: <laughs> It sounds like Marone has decided look with most of these guys we're not a playoff team right and without them we're not a playoff team but if there's any question about chemistry, I guess you could say yeah are the level of teammates. Some of these guys are uh, going ahead and trying to get what they can for him. I, I got the sense that the Jags were pretty thrilled to get a fifth round pick for Ronnie Harrison.
4: <laughs> well, I, I I had never heard anything going on about Ronnie. You know, he was, he was a starter and, uh, but, uh, it surprised me when I saw that, that, uh, yeah. they had traded him, but you're right mm-hmm. about the chemistry. Uh, it, they're focusing on uh, team chemistry and they're they're tired of all the baggage, you know. Players mm-hmm. thinking they're yeah. better than the team, you know. Yeah. They yeah. want teammates. And uh, that's. that's almost like Marone,
2: it's almost like Marone saying, Look, if you want me to caretake this situation for this year, yeah. that's fine, but I, I I'm I'm not gonna do it with turds. I mean no. not not that all these guys were, but you know no, what I'm saying. I
4: know. Well that's that's because it's not it's not going to matter.
2: It's not going to matter either way. They're not a playoff team either way. Yeah. No,
4: no. And oh uh Yeah. And, and 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 our boy uh our quarterback goes if we don't win, I don't win, you know? Cuz all everybody down here is talking about Trevor Lawrence. That's what they're trying
2: to. Yeah. And Yeah, on. tank for Trevor. Yeah. So I so get we're, we're, I get I get word of concerns already with your guy C J Henderson, the first round pick at corner. Well, I, I get, I I get word you. of concerns. Pops. Yeah, I try to tell are you, him. are you?
4: Yeah. You know the boy, the boy, uh, he ain't all that, and and now they've gotten in his head. People down yeah. here on on Twitter and stuff, which he shouldn't be paying any attention to. He, <clears> he <throat> he's gotten into that, and uh, people criticizing him. You know.
2: Yeah. and, he's, and yeah.
4: he's letting it get in his head yeah and,
2: uh, I mean, he, hey, you're not i
4: they, good they held him out for there. a week because he was mentally messed up
2: yeah. yeah pops do you do you hate do you hate to have to be right all the time pops I, no, no no hey
4: I'm pulling for him because he's a jaguar and he was a gator yeah, I know. I'm all behind him yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I, I just he, he, was not a first round pick by far
2: but, pops uh, how many how many beers do you drink a week would you say how many beers
4: yeah zero
2: you used to drink at least one a day didn't you
4: well back in the day uh, the natural light but i can't do it anymore if I, if, I, if I drink them i can't eat dinner. So <laughs> now it's just jack and coke
2: you know. And you used to like ice in your cold beer. Why did you like oh, the yeah. ice in there? I
4: liked ice cold beer.
2: And I always got ice. it has got to be ice cold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember being a kid Pops last and asked me to get him, him a beer and I had to make ice in it. Put the ice yeah, in his beer for him. Playing ball, shoot, yeah. I mean, after mm-hmm. the game, that was what we
4: did. You know, sit there and tell lies and, and, and drink beer all night. You
2: know. <laughs> Oh, so what's for lunch today, Pops? Tomato sandwich, pineapple Nana, sandwich? Nana
4: made me a peanut
2: butter and jelly. Yeah, that'll work. Yeah, yeah. She, she left it in the refrigerator listen,
4: for me. She do had to you go put, to the doctor. Do you, so, do you uh, put the jelly
2: it. on top of the peanut butter on one slice of bread, or do you like it, peanut butter on one slice, jelly on a, the other slice, and then put them together, Pops, or does it matter? Nana
4: stacked them on top of what she put the peanut butter on and the jelly.
2: Piles it on top of that. I got you. Of the peanut butter. I got or White bread. You. Yeah. Fresh white bread. Get any Cheetos or chips with that? Well, I, I got the Lay's Combo. chips in the, in the bag there. You like the lace chips, don't you? Yeah, man. All right, Pops, well, enjoy the Kentucky Derby this weekend. I know yeah, you have your uh, hat that on. This and, weekend? <laughs> yeah. Get your special outfit out.
4: Yeah, I'll get ready for that. No fans.
2: In the fans. <laughs> That's going to be weird, isn't it? That infield I with mean, all that it, craziness it, not going down. But uh, you
4: know, it, 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 it's, it's weird. It? But it's just like baseball and basketball. People are still interested in it. Even with no fans, they'll watch it, you know.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Well, Fox, yeah. we'll do it again next week.
4: All right, buddy. We'll talk
2: to you later. There he goes, Pops, on a Friday, summing up the Jacksonville Jaguars situation, among other things, for you. That's going to do it. Thanks to Charlie Potter. Thanks to Pops. Thanks to Joe Gaither and company for producing the show. The lunch whistle on this Friday, Southern Alehouse, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North. Going to be open today and tomorrow, closed on Sunday and Monday for the Labor Day holiday. So get by there while you can. Southern Alehouse. Until 11 a.m. on Tuesday. Have a great holiday weekend, everybody.